0: Donna, would you like to read uh, case 37 and Wu Man's comment or do you need a minute to get settled?
1: I'm fine. Okay. Um, Tushita's three barriers. Master Kong Ye of Tushita Monastery established three barriers to question students. Pushing aside the weeds to investigate the mysterious is only for the purpose of seeing the nature right now. Where is this nature? If you see your self-nature, you are liberated from birth and death. Yet when the light of your eyes goes out, how will you be liberated? If you are liberated from birth and death, you will know where you will go after you die. When the four elements disperse, where will you go? Wu Men's comment. If you can respond to these three turning words, then you can be your own master wherever you go and engage with the conditions without losing sight of the principle. If you cannot, then you will be like a person who gobbles down food, even though it is easy to be satiated this way. Only by chewing food finely will it keep hunger away. A single moment thoroughly reveals countless kalpas. All the countless kalpas are just this moment, if right now you see through this single moment, the seeing through is to see through the one who sees.
0: Thank you, Donna. We will sit for five more minutes and then we will write for five minutes. So have your uh, writing implement by your side. Start winding down, that's five minutes. Now we, now we discuss, correct? All right, uh, who has some initial thoughts, responses uh, that they'd uh, like to share with the group?
2: Well, my first thought was, there are no barriers. <laughs> that was the first, and I I really got that out of the poem in Wu Min's comment, um, and so once that you know, thought came to me, I thought, well, what else is there to write about if there are no barriers? (laughs) Because at first I was going to write about barriers. And then I thought, well, but there are no barriers. So that's what I have.
0: I'll say for uh, for me, I was drawn to the word Kalpa because uh, before I came uh, to Apamada, I had a long uh, yoga practice and uh, I studied with more Tantra oriented teachers. So I've always heard the word Kalpa translated as resolve. And I'm not sure if it's translated the same way in these contexts, but uh, working with what I, I knew, um, I was thinking of the idea that a single moment reveals countless resolves and all resolves are in this moment and how um there's the idea there's like the resolve where it's just like your stubborn hard-headed will and you sometimes have to cut through that um, and yet it also takes resolve to be in practice and be able to respond to the the turning words as as woman says to engage with the conditions without losing the principle so it's Um, it really reinforces to me this idea of both and rather than rather than either or.
3: So the 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 idea of kalpas that I'm used to is the amount of time that it would take when a bird is flying over a mountain with a scarf or something in its mouth to wear down the mountain. Oh, wow. And so it's a it's a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> and then countless culpas would be like, you know, way beyond that, completely beyond your imagination. So yeah. it's really all time. I mean, I guess countless culpas would be from the beginning of time to the end of time. So and there, you know, I love the idea that they're just this moment. The word you is really important and really the barrier, isn't it, Stephanie? Believing in the you.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I thought there is, you know, to me, it felt like this was a trick again, like so many of the koans, there are no barriers, there are no, there is no you, everything is just this illusion and this construct that we make. But it, it makes us think about it when we have to think there are barriers that we have to get past.
3: So kind of being stuck in the questions is a, is a problem
2: yeah um we're stuck in answers too
3: it was it was like uh one time uh i mean i'm sure more but flint asked me in practice discussion how are you and i worked on that for about a year and and realized that um it's just a really good question and you know in terms of where are you where is the you and you <clears throat> and where is this nature Well,
4: okay, I don't know the answer to any of these questions, so I know I am the person who is eating really fast, gobbling down food. (laughs) (laughs) So I looked at it and I looked at it, and you know, I remember (laughs) from when I do little little kid sermons at the Methodist church. You know, if you answer Jesus, you were always right. (laughs) So I kept coming up with the word, well, boundlessness, well, no barriers, well, so on. And I felt like one of those little kids who, when they're stumped, just Mm -hmm. says Jesus. So that's (laughs) where I am.
3: (laughs) I like that. There was a question when I taught photography uh the answer was middle gray and i would say what would happen if you do this 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 you read this light meter you had a black elephant and you put your meter on the black elephant how will the picture turn out the answer was always middle gray and i would tell them no matter what i ask you the answer is middle gray and they'd always like say white or black
2: I think that's true. And I think that has something to do with this koan, too. Is we're always looking for an answer beyond what the answer is. You know, we're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it being so simple.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So now we know it's Jesus. <laughs>
4: Or not, <laughs> or both.
3: <laughs> uh, Donna,
1: I think Stephanie's on the right track. Um, the those three barriers all seem to have to do with you know, <coughs> the self is created through dependent co-arising and. You know all these things—the four elements dispersing, you know, uh, earth, air, water, and fire. Um, it 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 seems you know it it seems to be pointing as, again and again, you know, you're not there, so you know there's not a it, like Stephanie said, no barrier. <laughs> yeah, that
2: was really all I wrote. What barriers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I spent spent the time, you know, trying to figure out okay, what are what are the questions again?
0: <laughs>
3: <So>. <laughs> kind of like throwing some uh, someone who doesn't know how to swim in the water, the questions.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right, are we we ready to uh, go through uh, Wogu's commentary? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Kim, you are next in alphabetical order, so turn it over to you.
3: Okay. If you can respond to these three turning words, then you can be your own master wherever you go and engage with the conditions without losing sight of the principle. If you could not, wait, I'm not, I'm supposed to read the uh, Gugu, Gugu.
0: Yeah, the first paragraph of that. It
3: sounded familiar, what I was reading. (laughs) Gugu's comment, life is transient, death is uncertain. What happens after death is even more bewildering. This fundamental uncertainty is the root of all fears. It is also a wonderful device to get people motivated to practice. In Chan, birth and death re- represents this uncertainty. The good news is that this uncertainty comes from illusory thinking based on the eye, which is just a cons- construct, a fabrication of this thinking mind. Buddhism has a lot of metaphors for this. A flower in the sky, a rabbit's horn, a cataract, a reflection of the moon. Once its illusion disappears, the problem of birth and death also disappears. It's all good. Originally, there is not even a single barrier. Why in the world would there be three?
5: Yes. People since time immemorable have um, theorized.
3: Time immemorial. It's immemorial. Time immemorial, immemorial, like forever. Oh, okay.
5: Thank you, Kim. Uh, Let me read it. People since time immemorial immemorial (laughs) have theorized about death and afterlife, thousands of years ago in India, the idea of liberation was framed was in, in terms of transcending or going beyond the shackle of the wheel, or cycle or samsara, continuous rebirth. Furthermore, there was no guarantee in which of the six realms of existence a person would end up. Whether in an unfortunate birth, as a hell being or hungry, go, um, hungry ghost or an animal, or in better reverse as a human, a jealous demigod or a god. People view life as filled with sorrow and suffering. No one wanted to return to samsara lifetime after lifetime to face the same frustration and misery they were in. This general understanding of rebirth in India preceded the emergence of Buddhism, such ideas are not completely absent in Western religions' idea. Some Greek philosophers have notions of rebirth. Even some upshots within judeo Christian traditions hold some forms of rebirth ideology.
0: Nelda.
4: In our contemporary culture, people also have many perceptions about rebirth, reincarnation, or life after death. Let me say that again. In our contemporary culture, people also have many perspectives about rebirth, reincarnation, or life after death. One perspective is that, quote, after I die, there is nothing. I should make the best out of life now. Close quote. Another view is that, quote, there may be something after death, something not necessarily called heaven or hell. I'm not sure but I might as well do as much good as I can, just in case I will face judgment after death." Close quote. A third view ascribes to the importance of doing good deeds because its beliefs
2: about the existence
4: of heaven, hell, and judgment day are strong.
2: This case features Chan master, Zinji Kong. Donna, <laughs> help. Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Kong, Name, Kong Kong, Kong Wei.
5: Oh, uh, I think so.
2: <laughs> okay. Kong. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> the Abbot of Dushui, or Tusi monastery, later he became known simply as Dushui Kongwe. Kang Wei was a descendant of the Huanglong Linji line of the Northern Song dynasty. One of his Dharma heirs was a lay practitioner named Zhang Shengying or Layman Wu Jin, who was not only a Chan practitioner, but also a very important defender of Buddhism and a chief minister. Zhang played a seminal role in the flourishing of Chan during the Northern Song Dynasty and helped prominent Chan masters of the Southern Song Dynasty to flourish.
0: In this case, basically, Kangwei sets up three barriers to test and teach his students. Barrier refers to the self. Because people attach to an illusory self, they are always blocked and obstructed. From the perspective of Chan, there is no self to be obstructed. Thus barrier is no barrier, hence the gateless barrier. Yet Kongwei sets up three barriers. One could say these are really three angles to consider at the same thing. What is this one thing? It is nothing at all. Cody.
6: But since Kung, Kung Wei wants to talk about three, let's go along with him. Pushing aside the weeds to investigate the mysterious is only for the purpose of seeing the nature. Right now, where's the nature? In the first barrier, weeds refers to what you create. You must not get stuck if you are to investigate the mysterious, which is chang. Why is it mysterious? because the eye blocks your vision. Everything you see is mysterious and everything becomes an obstacle. If you don't know who you are, how do you know others or, or the world? Some practitioners engage in practice to see the true nature of things, to see themselves. But what is this nature? That's the first barrier. Do you know your true nature or do you just see weeds?
1: The weeds in reality are not the obstacles or the problem. They are so only if you have attachments. Although there is a potential of weeds to cause problems, you should not dislike weeds while liking beautiful flowers. Flowers can be weeds too. Haven't you seen weeds that sprout beautiful flowers? Weeds can be placed in a compost and become nutrition. Equally, you cannot say that because the true nature of weeds is the same as the true nature of flowers, you shouldn't have to deal with them and should let them grow wild. You still need to pull them out and put them in the compost, even if their true nature is the same as flowers. In the same way, you cannot say that since the true nature of your suffering, anguish, difficulties and challenges in life is empty, you need not engage in practice. No, you must not stop practicing. You have to go through the process of pulling, the, putting the weeds into the compost that they may transform into nutrition. That's practice.
3: You see yourself nature, you are liberated from birth and death. Yet when the light of your eyes goes out, how will you be liberated? And the second barrier, if you personally come to experience yourself nature then you should be free from birth to death. (coughs) The uncertainty of dying, living and dying, when the light of your eyes goes out, refers to your death. If you are free from birth and death, how is it that you die? How will you liberate yourself? That's the question.
5: If you are liberated from birth and death, you will know where you will go after you die. When the four elements de- disperse, where will you go? The third barrier conveys sets up is that if you're truly liberated, you should be able to know where you will go after you die. So when the four elements of water, fire, earth, and wind, the constitu- consti- constituents of your physical body disperse, where will you be reborn?
4: The last two barriers deal with an imagined future. Recently, a woman who has been practicing for some time asked me for advice. Guru I would like to prepare for my death by engaging in some specific Chan practice. I replied, there's no need to prepare. When you're about to die, just die. What do you need to prepare for? You may think that there's need to be some kind. Co- That there needs to be some kind of preparation, such as warning your family, writing a will, or taking care of your house and finances. If you can do these, then fine. But if not, then don't worry about it. The truth is, even if these things are not in order, someone else will do it for you. Just practice now. Don't practice for the future. Don't practice to get away from the past.
2: Think about this do you practice for the future? Do you practice to get away from the past? If you think about it, aren't all of the things you do conditioned by the future and the past? I told the woman, unless you drop the future and the past, they belong to the realm of thoughts anyway. You will not be able to see your Mm self-nature. How do I drop the future and the past? She asked. I replied, You have to drop sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, thought. Drop away body, drop away mind. Whenever you find yourself practicing for the future or the past, let it go. Practicing without using the the senses means not to get caught up with them. Mm
0: -hmm. These three barriers are non-existent. There is only one, which is to see yourself nature, and it is not a barrier. There is a great soft drink in Taiwan called three-in-one. It's like a meal, although not really. There are various things in it, but because they're mixed, there is only one taste. The drink is like astronaut's food. You have to add water to it. In the Buddhist monastery, monastics are not allowed to eat anything afternoon, but they have found ways to get around that, such as drinking the 3 in One. This case is like the three in one. Any one of the three will satiate your hunger, but you have to take the whole thing in. If you're able to penetrate or drink up any one of these barriers, then to you there are no three. There is but one, the taste of liberation.
6: If you can respond to these three turning words, then you can, then you can be your own master wherever you go and engage with the conditions without losing sight of the principle. To see one's self-nature personally means to drop self-attachment. Actually, there is no nature to speak of. It's not like there's a true self within you, can't, you that can be known. If there were, then it would, be, it would not be Buddha Dharma. Not what the Buddha taught, but some kind of thing. To be free from self is to be free from all the props and toys and things that create vexations. This is liberation.
1: Being the self nature in Chinese is zian jing, kensho. Jian means to perceive or see. Jing means nature. What nature is this? Self nature. There are many terms for it in the scriptures, Buddha nature or the nature of awakening or the nature of emptiness. This emptiness is not the opposite of existence. It doesn't mean nothingness or blankness nor is it a thing to be had. Some people say that seeing your self nature or Buddha nature is the beginning and also the end of Chan practice. That's it, the whole project of Buddhist practice. There's some truth to that, but in reality, seeing your own, seeing your self nature is not what it is cracked up to be.
3: And that's kind of like uh, j- the surprise I had about jumping off the 100-foot pole is just like the beginning. Do you think of this as the beginning too, Dana? Oh, yeah. <coughs> Sometimes people who present, present Chan or Zen in this way do harm because they are promoting an experience tuted to as some kind of ultimate goal to be achieved. So people chase after it. This is just dangling a toy in front of practitioners, making people practice very hard to seek a reified, independent, isolated moment of experience. So when people experience something in practice, they think, ah, this must be it. This must be awakening. I've got it. If you're looking for something, then of course, you'll end up with something. Know that whatever you end up with, whatever you think you got, it's just another delusion. Now, I'm just having the thought now that this whole book could have been without any koans and just with goose writing. You know what I mean? That, that it's not... Uh, but I guess he needed to have things to write about, but you probably have them anyway. Seeing self-nature is not actually seeing something. One doesn't attain anything. It's just that diluted thinking is dropped away. Chan <coughs> Master Nanyang Hong once said, in expounding the Dharma, if you have realized something, then you're like a wild jackal yelping. If you have no attainment, then this is like a lion's roar.
5: Like a person who gobbles down food, even though it is easy to be saturated this way, only by chewing food finally will it keep hunger away. Some people who have had a shallow awakening experience relate to it as if they really got something, but only because the inside was so shallow. They may even have this suction from Prematurely by some video clip, or challenging Zen masters who themselves have not clarified the truth, having been sectioned, they stop practicing, and that experience remains like a distant memory, which they reify into a thing of the past. Because they stop practicing, they regress. They regress and end up harming others. If they become teachers, they abuse their authority and others. This is not completely their fault, because when the self-nature is presented this way, those people who don't have it start projecting on kinds of romantic ideas onto those people who supposedly have it. It is the students who give teachers unquestioned authority. This is not to say that the personal initial experience is not real. It's just that it is too shallow, hence the text says not to be so easily native. When practice is caused, half haphazard, am I saying this correctly? Ha-
3: haphazard.
5: Haphazard, thank you. Haphazard, like gulping down, you may feel you fall, but it doesn't When
4: If a person feels that he or she has gained something, such a realization or insight that thing has already become an attachment, even if it was a genuine experience. Your self grasping has already worked its way back. Self can turn anything into an object of grasping. For a seasoned practitioner, it is crucial to have the humility to let go of whatever experience he or she had and continue to practice. How should the person engage in practice? by chewing food finely, if you just practice for the sake of practice and continue, continue, continue with caution and care, being ever aware of attachment and self-referentiality, then such practice will keep hunger away. Hunger means insatiable desire. This is the cause of endless suffering.
2: Sometimes Chan masters use the analogy of dream Liberation would be like waking up from a dream. In dream, there are six realms of existence. Upon waking up, one realizes it's only a dream. Sometimes the power of the dream is so strong that even after waking up, the person is still enticed by the dream. Some people even go back to sleep so they can continue the same dream like a person who experiences a small awakening and quickly returns to sleep again. Is that possible? Yes. Is that person the same as any other dreamer then? Not quite. At least this person has woken up once. Even in a dream, the person may actually realize he or she is dreaming. A thorough awakening would be like waking up and staying awake, looking around person sees others sleeping. Even though others are still dreaming, the person who has awakened knows that their dreams are not real. Some people have pleasant dreams. Others have nightmares. Irrespective, it's all dreams. It's important to practice and to wake up from the dream again and again, until one simply has no more dreams. Meaning, the person stops creating
0: the fiction of self. A single moment thoroughly reveals countless kalpas. All the countless kalpas are just this moment. If you're to see through this single moment, this seeing through is to see through the one who sees. Kalpa means an eon. It is a Buddhist way of expressing an incalculable period of time. So the first two lines mean the infinite is just this moment and this very moment is the infinite. Experientially, if there's no before and after, then this state is samadhi, a unified state of oneness. Some teachers claim that all is one and one is all or the world is just oneself. Is this awakening? No, this is why there are two more lines. You can't even attach to the present moment of oneness you have to thoroughly let it go. When the past, future, and even the present are let go of, self also vanishes.
6: These lines collapse your sense of time and space, which are constructs of the deluded mind. They are not real, fixed, or permanent. You all know this. When you concentrate on your work or watching, or on watching TV, on anything that focuses your attention, time goes by very quickly. There's no definite fixed notion of time. When you are bored, time stretches for so long it feels as if it were forever. Moment. Here is Nian, which is also the same character for thought. That's because time essentially is thought. When there are a lot of scattered thoughts, time goes by slowly. When there are a few thoughts, time goes by quickly. Time is like a chain of thoughts, thought links, thought after thought after thought. To stay with one thought is to experience samadhi.
1: In terms of space, when you are young, you may feel that all the adults around you, especially your parents, are huge. And when you grow up, they seem smaller. Everything hinges on your state of mind. When you feel free from the mind's constructs and illusions, you are free from the shackle of time and space. You perceive countless Buddhas in the 10 directions, expounding the Dharma on the tip of a single hair. And each tip of each single hair itself contains countless universes. And each universe has its own Buddha, expounding at this time in this moment.
3: When past, future, and present vanish, when the deluded mind ceases, the seer also vanishes. (coughs) The words see through are a loose translation. The literal translation is actually to see and to break up. In this scene, there is no seer. The wonderful thing about you is that it's not necessary to have a subject in order to have subjectivity. You can see, hear, taste, touch, and think without processing everything through a sense of a permanent (coughs) eye. Dropping this self referentiality is to see through the one who sees. Oh, I would have read that differently if I knew it was the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've gone through the commentary. Um, does anyone have any um, anything they wanna share about how uh, Will Goose's commentary uh, changed or affirmed uh, your initial impression?
3: I thought thanks are not thanks to Stephanie. We, she, she pretty well hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I just meant no thanks like a spoiler, you know.
2: <laughs> this to me, this, you know, oh, there's only been two or three koans in this whole book where we read the koan and I was able to immediately go, Oh, of course that's, There is no self. There is no, you know, that's silly. It's just a a trick. And this was one of those. It just like, you know, that was the first thing I could think of. What barriers? There are no barriers. Um, You know,
3: Stephanie, I think. Just like he said, you think you're someplace, but you're really not. Yeah. You could still study this koan.
2: Well, that's what I mean. I think
3: that realizing that.
2: Yeah. I think that's the whole idea is to keep asking those questions, to keep looking at them and to keep wondering who it is that's answering the question, you know? Who's answering this question? Who's engaged in this conversation?
3: you're as far away having the answer as you are having no idea.
2: Yes. Yeah. I think so.
3: I mean, that's like with, with my um, koan that I was doing in, in the uh, Buddha Holds Up the Flower, Kashupa Smiles. A friend who in Chicago who has, you know, a pretty good Buddhist practice he said, Oh, it means this. You know, and I, I thought, you know, how do you practice with that, having, knowing what it is, you have to kind of throw that away, and, you know, just yeah. start all over, it really uh, kind of stuck with me, what he said, that he was so clear of, he's an English professor, Northwestern, or was, and, and, and a, you know, a real brilliant guy, and a real solid Buddhist practitioner, and the fact that he knew exactly what it was, really kind of bugged me, that it was like you put a period at the end of the sentence, you know, and it, it really just keeps going on and on and on. Like I realized the other day that it was Buddha who was also smiling, that kind of thing, you know, but it, it keeps evolving.
2: I think there's danger in, in thinking and saying that we know exactly what something is,
3: or that we know our, our partner.
2: That we know anything.
3: Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, so, Allison, I have a question for you, and that is that you seem so adept at uh, leading a group that you've had a lot of. I assume you've had a lot of experience doing this.
0: I mean, I I've been teaching at ACC for eight years, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I've run poetry readings and, and, and things like that. so
3: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Good job, Allison. Thank you.
3: Okay, now could we have a little discussion about our next book since we have one more koan and this would give people a time to get it?
2: Yeah. Yes.
3: So I thought two, I mean, add to this and or, or contradict me, but two objectives are, in my mind, is we want something that will uh, uh, attract people. And two, we want something that will um, advance our practice. You know, but don't criticize me for using the word advance, but uh, let our practice grow. I don't know, whatever It will you know,
2: deepen our practice.
3: Deepen that. Thank you. Depth and practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are there uh, any other objectives before we go into like this book or that book than those two deepen our practice attract people okay so the three books that we've talked about (coughs) is is uh the new joko beck book the new suzuki roshi book and um the uh, book that Peg is suggesting. Uh, and I'm just wondering where people stand
2: on that. I, I vote for either, Joko
3: Beck or Suzuki Roshi. Oh, but not the one that Peg's suggesting. Correct. Okay.
0: What's the one that Peg is suggesting? I've been out of the loop.
3: Oh, so it's called... I. Uh, here I can I can uh, get it. I have it here. It's called Know Where You Are Going, a complete Buddhist guide to meditation, faith, and everyday transcendence. And um, here's a page from it. I'm not tr- I'm not showing you this like as a salesman to sell it, I just wanna make it part of the picture. You understand that, right? Yeah. But here's a, it. So there's different meditations in the book. Uh, and here's one loving kindness meditation before. <laughs> and uh, let me show you maybe the table of contents But really focuses on meditation and improving our ability to do that.
4: So my preference would be not for that book because I took um, inquiry. Didn't didn't Peg just isn't that the book I used? In, yes. In, yes.
3: In yes. In yeah. Pra- in practice discussion. Yes. In
4: practice discussion. Yes. Yeah. Not that I would mind. Reading it again and going through it again, but um, I, I have a preference for something new and different. That's okay. just my so,
3: preference, uh, uh, Donna. But you're muted, so we—you don't have much of a voice when you're <laughs> <muted>. <laughs>
1: um, I just looked at the Suzuki Roshi book online, and it's basically like one or two sentences a page. So uh, there wouldn't be, you know, certainly, I guess, room for discussion, but we would either blitz through it in no time, I think, um, or, you know, it may not. I, I just don't know um, what kind of quality of conversation we we would get. I mean, it could be great, could could be, you know.
3: I don't know. Is it, so it's little adages of. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I see. So that doesn't sound very good.
1: Uh, it's certainly, you know, the joke, it, it sounds like we're, uh, we're aiming towards Joko Beck, because at least those are, you know, Dharma talks. So,
3: okay. Uh, Cody, do you have an opinion?
6: I already uh, purchased the Joko Beck book when you mentioned it last, or the first time you mentioned it. Uh, but I'm, I'm good for, for anything, uh, to be honest. Okay, and Nancy, I
5: just finished the Joko Beck book, <laughs> but I don't mind to read it. Um, I think either the Joko Beck or the last one. Uh, I mean, like the um, the one you just showed.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. And Allison,
0: um, I I mean, there seems to be a preference for the Joko Beck book, and I would be I would definitely be in favor of that one.
3: Okay. Um, so then the next thing is. Looking at the calendar, um, next week we'll finish this book.
2: Well, I think we actually have two more weeks because after we do next week's koan, then there is another, there's Wu Min's comment, a commentary, and Go's commentary on his commentary. And I think I, th- I would like to do that as a group at the very end. What do you guys think? I think that sounds
0: fun. I always like to read the afterwards of things. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: what I'm looking at is all these words and definitions and then index.
4: It's page 397.
3: Mine doesn't have pages. Oh, okay. I wonder, I'm just wondering if it's in the online version.
2: It's called Women's Postscript.
3: Is it after all the words? The index? No. no,
2: yes. It, no, it words. Will, yeah, it's after koan 48. It's the very next thing.
3: Well, I see about the author at the end and then sign Oh, so it's not in my book.
1: Um, well, go, go to case 48 and then just look at the next page. You know, go to the end of, of 48 and then see if
0: Woman's
3: Postscript is there. Maybe I skipped it with 48. I, I bet I did.
0: If you don't have it, I can just like, I can make it I can share screen next
5: time.
6: Oh,
3: Woman's Postscript. I, I yeah. see it. OK. okay. Great. So, so we're going to do that on 830. And then on 9-6.
2: Yeah, since we're not doing Flint's Dharma transmission and Dharma talk anymore.
3: Do we plan on just starting then on, on, that's also uh, Labor Day.
2: Yeah, that's the only problem. Um, People might be not wanting to start something on a holiday. So maybe starting that following Monday.
3: That's what I was thinking. So, yeah. w- well, we can, we still have then um, two weeks to decide what we want to do on Labor Day. Whether we want to skip that day or. Right. Okay.
5: Well, we can watch something. We can watch Yoko Kovac's
1: movie. And we can watch
3: the Jo Beck movie. That's oh, true. Okay. That's that was what I suggested a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. OK, well, so maybe I should put that put that in the um, agenda. Uh, start putting that under save the date that we're going to start that book um, that Monday after Labor Day. Yeah.
3: Or but you then, can even put that we'll watch the Joe Quebec movie on nine six and start the reading on nine uh, 13 or whatever. it is. OK.
4: Yeah, I can do that.
3: Very good. <laughs>
4: And the, t- the title of the
0: book is? Ordinary. It's an ordinary wonder?
4: Yes. I think so. No. Okay.
0: Just wanted Thank to you.
3: And I will show. Come here, Jack. The only thing we need to know. There is only one thing we need to know. It's utterly simple. Our job as humans who want to experience life fully is to pay attention when we experience something. That's it. There it is.
5: Yeah, so simple, but it's.
3: <laughs> we can do that for a week to pay attention. Won't that be great? <laughs> Okay. okay. Stephanie is saying night, guys. Allison, will you excuse us all?
0: Yes, you are excused.